International. like the Mavs like would practice and stuff like sometimes like in there and I remember one morning it was like back when the Kardashians had just moved there was all this Kardashian fever and people were trying to find them I was just walking out of the parking lot I said damn that dude is ugly <laughs> and he's tall as fuck is he Lamar Odom and I said is he Lamar Odom out loud and he goes yes and I was like, <laughs> I was like well have a good day Lamar Odom and then just oh, ran man. into the building don't worry I didn't steal the golden egg from your goose <laughs> Lamar Odom, famous for uh, an incident, but before that, he was famous for his love of candy, and he used to play with a player named Michael Olala Candy, so there's all these candy jokes when he was with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. As I told you before, I have a bit of a sports guy, as you can see. Oh. Random sports thing about Lamar Odom. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I was just actually last night trying out some new jokes about how in the future I'm only going to date guys that are into sports. <laughs> I'm like, because those are guys that show up every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. They're committed. Comedians want to sell merch. You want to know who buys merch? Sports people. Their houses are covered in it. I used to do this joke intentionally to get people mad at me where I'd be <laughs> like, I'd be like, um, I feel like my father really set me up for disappointment in life. Because he was a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would, I'm from Dallas, so it would get like the most like visceral, angry reaction. Just every week, we were both disappointed. <laughs> I don't know shit about football, except I'm supposed to be mad at the Cowboys. Uh, that's about it. Um, if you guys are listening, welcome again to another extra salty podcast. I just yeah. did like extra with like we're doing Burns fingers. We're doing spooky fingers because we're recording this on Halloween. It's not going to come out on Halloween. Halloween, but that's when we're recording. I it. can confirm I, I saw it in person. Spooky fingers. And if you're noticing a voice you may not have met before, this is our guest today. Tell us how to pronounce your name and tell us a little about yourself. My name is Stefan Gill. Um, what was the other question? Sorry. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I am a, a aspiring filmmaker. Okay, here. now you have an accent. <laughs> you have an accent that you didn't have two seconds okay, ago. Okay, okay. I'm an aspiring he filmmaker here in Austin, Texas. Also, I do improv mostly at the New Movement Theater, mm -hmm. and uh, I like both of those things. I have a short film coming out soon. Called I don't know if coming out. The Go right ahead and word. tell us about it. Yeah, plug yeah, it. It's called it's called uh, Everything That Is You and. Uh, we just submitted it to that old South by Southwest. I'm getting the accent again. Um, that old South by, <laughs> old South by Southwest. <laughs> um, so that that basically just means I paid seventy five dollars for. Hopefully, someone will see it. But <laughs> I'm very proud of it, and uh, I'm also proud of the comedy and stuff. So that's I'm here. That's how I know Kai, and that's how. I'm yeah, we actually room. we actually met each other through the new movement. Oh, uh, cool. We were taking classes kind of concurrently, like we were both in the same level at the same time, going through like the whole thing, but like in two different classes. So we were always like one or two classes, like behind like or okay yeah yeah so you guys other. were kind of members of the community at the same time yeah like their graduation show was like two weeks before mine so it's like it was so close that is cool so like basically they, you probably are have you listened to the show yet 
Kevin, have yes, you... actually, I, I sped sped listened through a bunch of it, Ew. which is funny because if you ever listen to like a podcast at like twice the speed, just it's, do that for like fifteen minutes and then just suddenly slow it down. It'll sound like everyone is just hammered. Drunk. It does. <laughs> Dude, I listen to everything at double speed because I'm just like I I, I feel pressured to absorb content. What? But I've never if, done. I didn't even know you had this option on on Apple Podcasts. You yeah. Do. On other ones, I don't know. But yeah, if you go to normal speed, then it sounds like everybody's just like shit house. Or- we're doing this too. Yeah. We're already fast talkers. <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious what will we sound du- like at double speed. Our double speed is fast. That's crazy. Is it it's just like no pauses fast. between words? Pretty much. Like then. it's fast. <laughs> like both of us are like like. That's so. I'm interested to hear how that would sound. Yeah. Um, so, as you know, like the whole point of extra salty is to discuss things that give us past resentments, things our skeletons are closet, mm-hmm. things that we haven't let go of, and we're so excited to talk to you about some things. Uh, let, let's see. Let's just kind of like go around. What are Kai? What's something you're salty about today? Uh, still traffic. It's always going to be traffic. <laughs> it will never not be traffic. <laughs> It will never not be traffic. By the way, we record this at 6.30 in Austin, so both yeah. of us have to, like, fight for our oh lives to get here every week. I live in East Austin, though, so I have to, like, leave the house at, like, 5.15 and then, like, try to get here by 6.30. And it's just... People will literally run a minivan with a family in it off of the road <laughs> just for the sake of not having to tap their brakes or use a blinker. Like, the, they will literally... C- they, they're like, I'd rather deal with the manslaughter charge. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, <sighs> It's, it's always going to be traffic. I'm salty with Amazon because I'm just fucking like I'm they don't tell you who's mailing you the thing until after you've made the purchase. So you can't complain about the carrier because for whatever reason, my UP, like UPS can't deliver to my apartment. Anytime I have to order anything from UPS, I have to fight to get it. And there's just some like excuse why they can't get it to me. And this is the most child. Like I just ordered this T-shirt that says Aunt Squad and glitter letters. And I really want it in time for my nephew to be born. So me and my sister can wear matching T-shirts to the hospital. And like if I don't have my T-shirt, then how will the baby know I'm it's on and like it's really important to me i feel the the way you're looking at me well i mean it's just that it's an object and babies don't have like object permanence till like three so it's like if it can't even recognize its size never mind you know what it's important to you and so that means it's important to me because i'm your friend and i care about your feelings it costs (laughs) 14.95 that shit's important to me that's what i'm upset about the most anyways so that's Just one of the reasons I'm salty. That also happened with like a hundred dollar, like a hundred dollar part of my computer that also went missing. Oh, no. So like I've been dealing with this for like the last three and a half months, and I'm just done with Amazon. Prime was not worth it. I feel. Also, does anybody even watch Amazon Prime TV? Like, is that even whenever it's not on Netflix or Hulu? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's on there? Because do you remember like the early days of Netflix? When... I, th- I think it's just like The Coven, and then like one mississippi and that's it there was a show i watched on like netflix like back back in the cut back when like netflix wasn't like pre-orange is the new black the original programming for netflix was terrible and there was a movie called what men want and it was like what women want but a woman like she like hits her head and wakes up with the ability to read men's thoughts and it's exactly as, what you think it is. It was as like, you do. And it was just horrible. <laughs> like, it was just random dudes talking about her boobs. Yeah. And she, like, tried to hit her head again to get it to come off. And I just turned the movie off. So I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Her name was Melody Gibson, I believe. <laughs> was that the movie? No, no, no. Oh, who's Melody Gibson? Did I? That, the, what Woman Wants starred Mel Gibson. I was just a terrible fuck show. <laughs> ah, that went way over my head. Me and him are. We're, I sound so convincing. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> 
<laughs> we just don't but, know each other yet, so we're figuring but out. So, fine. Yeah, we, we shared a little bit of our salt, and uh, we always ask our guests if they have a story that they're particularly salty about, and you have one that uh, just absolutely, like, blew my fucking socks off. Mm. And I don't know it yet, so I'm kind of I'm interested to Yeah, hear. I didn't tell Jasmine. All right, well, uh, shortest way to describe it is I grew up in a cult. Wait, what? I grew up in a cult. <laughs> wow, silence. <laughs> just the moment. That's it, I just walked See, out. I don't know if we were recording yet, but when we walked in, you, I was like, oh, Stefan, not like Stefan, like Urkel Stefan, and you were like, oh, I've heard that my whole life. People were watching Family Matters and your cult? Like, I'm so... <laughs> you, like, got on me, like, I'm so cliche. Like, people, y'all watch Family Matters in the cult. Don't act like you've heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why didn't you get okay. out of uh, a cult? I, I, this is a cult where Family Matters was watched. Y'all had cable so. in the cult, <laughs> Mabel and the Cult. That is a great title for oh something. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus wait. Christ. That's actually more important. Tell me about being in a cult. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll set the background a little bit for myself. So um, I'll, I'll remove some names and things of that sort. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only as much as you're comfortable with. Sure. Uh, so the place was in a small town outside of another small town. So it's like a small... It's actually a call... It's not even a town. It's called a census-recognized area because the only, <laughs> it, it, that's how small it was. Wow. Uh, so the town that with this area was kind of inside of was called Wharton, Texas. Wharton. The birthplace of Dan Rather okay. and Horton Foot. So we've huh. got a few celebrities from that area. Um, and hopefully me someday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Filmmaker. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so this place, which I'll just call the cult, uh, was a church slash drug rehab, and it started mm-hmm. a part of a national drug rehab, Christian drug rehab, which still exists. It's called Team Challenge. Uh, uh, which it, it started Teen Challenge, or it started as part of that? Part of Teen Challenge. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, and it was in Houston, and then the leader, who I'll just call the leader, uh, he decided to the story as it was described as i lived there was that he decided like they were too limiting so he decided to branch Mm -hmm. off into his own independent thing and so the the premise was this is the same kind of concept it's a christian rehab but families can go there so like all these families while these the parents were going through the rehab would be there and stuff like that so so it kind of had like the vibe of like a rehab retreat almost but like yeah everyone that's not a bad description um it the place where it happened uh was an a former all black high school so mm-hmm. there's a gym, there's all these classrooms, all this stuff. Um, and the people who lived there either lived in the dorms that were there. I don't know if those were imported or not, but um, or they lived in trailers, basically, including myself. Uh, so th- this the leader founded this place and moved it to the super small place. Uh, my parents both went through this as it is called the program the program yeah were they were they drug addicts prior yes. to this yes um, okay. i don't I actually don't know all my dad's details i know he was saying mm-hmm. crazy stuff like he thought he was the antichrist and then he thought he oh. was christ and things like that oh. i do know my mom was doing heroin which she would freely admit so that's why i'm saying it okay. <laughs> uh, and other things like that uh, but they both went through it and that's where they met and they my dad kind of i don't i don't know if working the ranks is the right phrase but he basically became second in command uh Whoa. so yeah, yeah. so he was de- he was definitely i mean that's the best way to describe it the right hand man of the leader and uh so he had first my older brother 
and then me and then three other siblings. So we had a semi-big family there and we're kind of like one of the power people, families in the So place. you were born there? Yes, I was born there. Along with the rest, like yeah. all of your family, like they met in the rehab and then everyone in your family was born once they were in yeah. this place. Yeah. Wow. So as, uh, as far as like, it was very conservative, you know, very anti-Democrats and things like that. And uh, so... Growing up, it was just very normal for me to be like, oh, there's this church community, but also there's literally people in a rehab going through a rehab mm-hmm. who are like appointed by a court and things like that. And I wish I, w- I was better at describing like all the legalese of how that worked out mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, I didn't really know that as much, unfortunately. But um, definitely, it's like e- either you were there, it was, it was about getting clean, but also we were right. Like our views were right. You know, our methods were right. And if you ever left, once you were through the program, you were considered bad. And so, that was just my whole life. And my whole life was just, it's almost like the opposite of like an army brat, where like, like they know people leaving. For me, lots of people in my life left me. I mean, not me specifically, like, but you know what I mean? Like, I was always there, but there's just this constant ebb and flow of right. people either graduating or getting outcast or things like that because there was a lot of like you know hey these people were here because they were addicts or, or other something things. something i'm really curious about is like since we already like talked about it a little bit we mentioned like the tv episode and everything in family matters how like how <laughs> oh, by the way it happened several times in the series it was a recurring <laughs> thing how like did they do anything to like regulate how you had contact with the outside world? Because uh, like, if they're saying like if you left that it's bad, like it feel that like feels very exilish. So like, yeah. what was kind of the dynamic between the organization and the outside world? So, um, one thing I can describe it probably a good way to describe it is like there was these elders, and they're basically you know <laughs> my dad. And the leader, and then other people, and they were kind of like. What did you guys call the leader? The leader? No, we call him by his name. Oh, okay, um, this is Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far off. He had a lot of kids too, and all this stuff. And he Ooh. ended up leaving his wife and marrying someone who was twenty, like twenty six years younger. I knew you were going to say something. And he also that. got a two story house when everyone else was living in a trailer, and it was called the parsonage, and it was like he ended up having like two huge TVs back when that was new and all this stuff. And it was just all framed as like, well, he's the leader and like, he's the guy who's the main, whatever. But basically like there was definitely a lot of like, but he just like real conveniently got the hookup on all the good stuff. Yeah, I'd, I would say so. Mm. Um, and it definitely came out of offering. Yikes. Um, that's, oh. I mean, where else did he get his money <laughs> from the people there? And it like, I just mm. remember constantly over and over, especially near the end of the, my, my life there i guess just all this talk about you're not giving enough you're not giving enough you're not giving enough it's just every sunday it's just all this guilt about not giving enough and it's like like in retrospect it's obviously like i want <laughs> it's like he probably just like has like a lawyer payment mm-hmm. or some shit you know and like like and it's just like oh man that's crazy that also kind of like furthers my question of like not only did like how how did the organization act like interact with the outside world but also like you're mentioning how a lot of stuff came from offering like where did where did people earn money from well it was like it, the it was like economic economic system there. so people so it I guess the way to give a good perspective, if possible, with the time we have, is that it it wasn't, I mean, you could call it a compound, everyone lived there, but there wasn't like a fence. So people okay. went out, had normal jobs. My dad oh. was a pool salesman. 
Oh. It still is. And uh, it, and uh, so people had jobs like that. And and I, I, I don't know if there was a lot of outreach as far as people come here, but there's definitely mm-hmm. like certain times that they would befriend someone who definitely seemed well off. And then like suddenly we just have this like friend. Like I remember there's this guy who like owned business in Ohio and then suddenly he was just in the program. <laughs> so it's almost like, I wonder if they like guilted him. He may, maybe he had a drinking problem or something. It's like, you need to go through the program, sir. And, and so he just went into the program, which is so weird. Cause he was like my dad's boss for a little bit or something. <laughs> um, so like stuff like that would happen. There's definitely like richer people who are kind of like held in an esteem. Um, so I just, bef- yeah. So, I mean, all this confluence, I feel like I've said that word a couple times. I don't know. So what definitively made you understand that you were like, because I'm sure people don't call a cult a cult when they're inside it. No. We, in fact, we are very aware of people outside of us calling it a cult. Really? And we're like, we're not a cult. Are you crazy? It's like, we're, they don't, they don't know. They don't know how it is, like how good it is and things like that. Um, So my dad, like this is a rehab. So my dad started drinking. Um, and a lot of people started drinking at the, at the place. So it's like all these former addicts who just suddenly, we were, it was very dry, very like, you can't watch this, can't watch that. Even, uh, Family Matters apparently got an inception. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Even though he believed in science more than yeah. God. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if they had thought of that, they'd probably be like, wait, no. But, <laughs> but um, certain rules, like I think it was just like as the leader got caught, doing certain things like i think he probably just got caught drinking once he was like actually it's it's okay so like then suddenly there's these drinking parties and stuff and my dad would get wasted like he'd be home blacked out and things like that fuck it started as a rehab yeah exactly Exactly. yeah absolutely so uh gonna do and no offense kai to the joke you made at the beginning the reason my dad went to prison for seven years which i don't know if i even mentioned that yet no he went to prison for seven years because of vehicular manslaughter. Um, he was drunk at a New Year's Eve party, and he blacked out, drove into another lane while blacked out, and crashed head-on into another car with a Jesus full family. Christ. Oh, and a, so there's a woman who died, and she was pregnant. And Jeez. So, yeah. And that day, I mean, I could describe that day in detail, because I remember my mom calling me on my phone, uh, and saying, go wake your dad up. He's probably, like, just in the car parked outside or something like that because she knew he left the party, obviously. And so I remember just waking up, going outside and not seeing his car and just feeling something really weird inside of myself. And so there's there's this whole story that is just kind of random. About we have, me and my brother went to look for him, and we like ran, met this guy who gave him a ride, and said, he said all this weird stuff. Um but the short answer, the short story of that is that he was found, went to the hospital, and I remember just him being like in the middle of this area with like all these people who had accidents or things like that. And for some reason, he was right in the middle, at least in my memory he was, and I remember him waking up and just like smiling like in recognition. I remember my mom just telling him right then and there, you killed two people or something like that. Uh, I remember just him frowning. It was just like this really crazy moment. Like she probably shouldn't have said that right then. But uh, well, I mean, 
you never know what to do in that situation. I just remember that whole night being so weird because it's like there's this party and I, I felt really weird about my dad drinking. Like he, there'd be times he'd come in drunk and he never hit anyone or anything, but he'd just be acting weird. And I just remember like, didn't we used to believe that this was wrong? Mm-hmm. That why are we suddenly doing this? And like, and I, I remember confronting him a few times. I actually got like, I took a bunch of drinks and I drank them just to try it. Just and I, how it, old were you at this time? Oh, probably fifteen. It was, two, it was 2005, the same year he had the accident. Mm-hmm. So it was the summer of 2005. He had the accident, New Year's Eve, and I remember just drinking all this stuff. And in reality, I was just wanting to try it to see what it was at. But the fact that they had all this liquor. It was kind of crazy too. We we're actually at this condo which the cult owned, <laughs> which they would lend out to us all the time. Uh, it was in Galveston, and I remember just like getting really drunk and just feeling really weird and going right up to the security people and saying, "I'm 15 and I'm drunk." <laughs> and your, they, cult, your cult had a timeshare. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, we went there a whole bunch. Condo, just the condo. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure only a handful of families got to use that. Oh, because you guys were upper level. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah. they were Jeez. first class cult members. I'm yeah. sorry, not to make like. To no, no, that is exactly all. right. Because my memory of of going there is n- there's very few really bad memories. But there's it's there's a lot of like pieces coming together, just like other people's experiences, like how they were rejected or ignored or things like that and how is it described to me it's just uh like in retrospect it's like wow i I probably got like the probably the cleanest version you know Mm. um some like most of my like the way they treated my family after he went to prison my dad went to prison that's probably the hardest like that's my experience for sure like going through that and uh another thing that's really interesting is that like my the my dad's uh prison sentence wasn't told to most of the people until like a week before it happened oh. so there's like a lot of like withholding and stuff like that and the, a few weeks after my dad went to prison there was like a fox the, the houston fox station was fox 26 and they had you know news investigations <laughs> like they had one on my dad Jeez. yeah oh. and it was like it's like this cult uh, they didn't call it cult <laughs> <laughs> this cult. No, this rehab facility claims nice. that they have an eighty-nine percent success rate. But then, why is one of their leaders going to prison? You know, Ooh, it's jam. And it, but then a lot of it ended up being about the leader, and he had like two DWIs and all this shit. And um, I remember, like, when that happened, they, we knew it was going to happen. I don't know if like the, if it's like some journalistic Ooh. things, like, hey, we're going to bring expose on you tonight if you want to watch or something like that. <laughs> but basically, they knew about it. He was gone, like, on a vacation, which he did a lot of vacations. And, like, there were, like, some hunting trip or something like that. Mm. And they wanted everybody to, like, go to the the chapel. There's this chapel next to the basketball gym. Which, by the way, that was one great advantage of living in a cult was that we had a basketball gym accessible 24-7 and there was never any weights. Which, when I, getting out of the cult, getting out of the cult and going to just regular human being gyms, realizing... Realizing that you can't just go there at any time and just like, okay, I'm in the court now. I'm going to shoot forever. It's like, usually you have to wait and hope you get in a pickup game or something. It's like, that to me is like, I'm still nowhere near used to that. I'm also laughing because this, this rehab facility was a black high school beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, nothing but a basketball court. Yeah. No other sports. <laughs> nothing else. Oh, oh, man. Oh, my God. 
I took it there. Yeah, no, like, go ahead. So, like, growing up, did you, like, how, like, how often did you, like, since your dad was the right hand of this guy, like, how often did you interact with the guy who is, like, leading this cult? Like, what was I mean, your, your, your feel for this guy? Uh, definitely intimidation, because he definitely would just randomly be like, why are you doing that? Or something like that, just out of anything. I remember one time I answered the phone, which, by the way, Every house, or at least most of them, or trailer technically, had, were on an intercom phone. And this is something like my, I think my brother just observed one day. I was just like, at any point, you can put, press a button to call the intercom. And it doesn't ring the phone. What it does, it is a direct line to that house. So you literally, you can just press a button, listen. Yikes. Yeah, Listen that is so. That is some big brother creepy ass yeah, shit. Yeah, so they're just intercoms. Like, oh, this is this, this person's intercom. Hey, Jim, something like that. So what? anybody there? <laughs> or nothing you could just listen if you really wanted Yikes. to oh that's crazy so one of the things that have like characterized a lot of people's understanding from the outside of cult and cult activities like maybe on like the Netflix show Kim, Incredible Kimmy Schmidt yeah mm-hmm. um, is which I haven't treat- watched yet because it's like an emotional like I'm actually super into cult stuff I'm sorry to interrupt no I was saying. absolutely about to ask if things like that are representative or if they're, it's hard for you to look at or I mean I think that one's more that, I'm gonna be like weirdly confessional about that. I saw her. What was her name again? Uh, Ellie Kemper. Yeah, Ellie Kemper. Like I saw her in person, and she's like the most adorable. Sorry to use this term, adorable oh, or yeah. attractive. It was just like because I used to intern at Conan uh, in Los Angeles, which is its own story. Um, when I first semester in college, which was really cool. But she was like she used to be an intern too, so she was at this end of year party. And also, she's a celebrity now, so <laughs> I guess she could go. But I just remember just being like, because I'm I am a very like a, a hopeless romantic. Like I've never had a girlfriend, uh, but I've always wanted one, I guess. And there's this, I, I I don't know if it's just like I can't shake it off of, but like I still have that ideal of like the family union in a way, mm-hmm. and still like people, you know, like it's a stereotype. I know, but there's something about like that kind of person that looks like like the oh that's the ideal kind of housewife looking kind of person so like there's like this weird fight inside of me of like this is so attractive to me that it hurts so it's hard for me to watch that show for one because of the cult part but two because it's like I can't, it's hard for me to like to get to shake that. It's like there's such an emotional oh, weirdness because you have like a like a crush that almost feels like a personal crush. Yeah, in a weird way, I guess. Oh, I, that's so I, cute. I, that's I, a completely different answer than I was expecting. Yeah. But th- there's actually a lot of cult things. Like I've read the the Going Clear of the Scientology book. I've uh, um, Under the Banner of Heaven, which is about Mormon, fundamentalist Mormons. Prophets Pray, which is about fundamentalist Mormons. I read those stuff and I do instantly feel like, oh my gosh. I feel it like if it's like this is exactly how I felt or like in in like sometimes uh, most of the time those things are more extreme especially since I I mean unless I'm just repressing something I don't remember a lot of like real violence except for uh, spankings which were like the recommended punishment I got spanked quite a bit Um. which hey now I'm thinking about it like hey yeah maybe that was a part of the fucked up stuff and just like the whole waiting in rooms for your dad to come in and like hit you on the ass really hard like you'd get belts and then you move on to switches and things like that and i'm i'm not here to accuse him of of violence but that was definitely the norm of that place was just like spankings that's right mm-hmm. and i remember just <laughs> it's such a cult thing where it's just Spare like the rod spoil the child yeah exactly mm. but also like remember just growing up and like i feel like i'd gone through spankings and, and a long time even into college i was just like spankings are right 
you know, that's the way you have to do it. And then it really, just some point, it's just like, wait, no. Hitting a child is probably not, <laughs> probably wrong. It probably fucked me up in a lot of ways, you know? Oh, yeah. There's been uh, studies that, like, talk about how that creates the connection between love and abuse yeah. and thinking of them as one and the same. So yeah. it's like you you think that the person who loves you should be able to hurt you, mm-hmm. and it like really fucks kids up. That yeah. super fucked up sentence. This is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she. My dad would say that. I'm just or like s- hell no. <laughs> or stop crying before I give you something. No. to Cry. My, what the fuck what? was that, mom? Uh, uh, I my can't thing stop was crying. you're already upset. I was known as make a, it worse. I was known as a flopper. Oh. Where I would like I would flop on the ground like where they hit me, and it's and I'd literally like if you flop again, I will give you five. More swats or something like that, <laughs> and I would just do it over and over again. Aww. So, oh man, that. But before I, I'm sorry, I gotta stop awing you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I want to make sure I get to certain like leaving the cult things because I know we don't have a lot of time. But no, 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 no don't um, worry about that. Uh, so I remember going to college, and mm. I was I was a part of like some Christian groups in college. Like growing up, I was like the goody two shoe in a lot of ways, or at least I thought I was. And you know, like it's like. I, I was the one who would like read the Bible every morning. I would sit up front and went during church and things like that. I was like, I always thought that was like me. Uh, and I remember going to college and joining some Christian groups. And also just at the time, like it was 2008 when I started college. So at the time, my dad had just been in prison for a year. And oh, by the way, my dad going to prison, my grandma died in a car wreck the day before. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Jeez, she was living with wild. us. Yeah, it's this crazy it's just unbelievable. Like the day before the sentencing, technically, which he was supposed to go to prison that day, basically, um, we were eating at Whataburgers, like this last meal thing. And we were just, I remember just mentioning, or somebody mentioned, like, where's grandma? We haven't heard from her. And there was these cops that are eating at Whataburger. They call my mom outside. They were just at my grandma's accident. But stopped at Waterburger before they told the family, and then they ran I guess, into you. I, I guess I don't know how that happened, but they were there. Have you been to Waterburger since? I you was at Waterburger today. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a survivor. Oh God, this oh. is brought to you by the Waterburger well, patty melt. My grandma, who is one of the greatest yeah. women to ever live. Uh, she would definitely be like, keep going to Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're over here on Stefan. He's just like, nah, I'm super into cult shit. I go to Whataburger. <laughs> yeah. I'm ch- like all the time. Like it's yeah. fine. Um, so <laughs> like that happened. I remember the just. I remember they didn't tell us on the way. It's like we got to go home now. I like I didn't hear what the cops mm-hmm. said or anything. I just remember on the just halfway home, just knowing it was about her. Mm-hmm. And then my dad told me. I remember everyone just like my sister's bursting out in tears and all this stuff, and. So, and then the next day, we're in the courtroom, <laughs> and the family of the people that my dad has ruined their life, it wasn't just the one was killed, everybody in that car was hurt, injured terribly. Oh. You know, so it was a lot of stuff. And then Yikes. this guy who used to be a part of the cult, who, one of the leaders who had left, who he had actually married the leader's daughter, and had left, and I, there's a lot of his story I don't know about, but basically he, 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 from my understanding, he's the one who sold out the story to the news network, mm. uh, which I could, that could be the facts I got at the time when I was still a part of it, so I don't know if that's 100% true, yeah. but he sat on, he just came into the courtroom and sat on the victim's side. So there's that, and like Ooh. there's all these the cold side, the victim side. This guy had given this emotional speech, which that's one thing I feel kind of guilty, even though I'm not the one who did it. It's just like I just never know these people. That I mean, my dad it was my dad, but still, it just there's this guilt I feel. 
in a way it's like I feel like I don't deserve to be happy or something sometimes because mm-hmm. of that. Cause it's like, I don't even get to know them. I don't even get to say sorry or help or anything like that. It's just like, it's just this tear forever. And I, I there's a lot of, uh, I guess going on a quick tangent is like, I, uh, there are a lot of stories nowadays about like, you know, uh, you know, people who like say someone does something wrong like a lot of there's a lot of like sexual assault accusations mm-hmm. things like that which i think is good that those things are coming to light for sure but it's weird from my perspective cuz i was on the side technically of the perpetrator yeah and yeah. so i had this whole experience of like guilt shame like realizing that like so every time i like people like frame it in a, like a justice way i feel that just feels so off to me it feels like we we don't want this to happen we need to call it out call out bad things but we shouldn't want blood what we should want is change and i think when we frame change as like we've like like it's like oh the bunch of people get punished but these people have not gotten punished for so long they need to get the same punishment we have to remember that the system that we're going to which i have some experience because i've been in prison a bunch of times to see my dad is that the prison system is fucked up yeah the yeah. justice system is fucked up and i feel like that causes a lot of hiding and that causes a lot of avoidance and that causes a lot of things that doesn't excuse anybody's actions ever but it definitely, like, cre- I think it creates a system in a weird backwards way where they can hide, I think. Yeah. Because that's the incentive. It's like, don't, don't expose, don't, like, hide this, let's do it, a non-disclosure agreement, things like that. And I feel like that's when I, when I, and I hear people, it's like, we got to remember, like, we got to go for the full blow here. It's like, we, we got to, we want things to stop, we want, we want people to stop doing this bullshit, <laughs> Uh, in Hollywood or Wall Street or wherever. But we definitely also can't be like, we want them to have the same punishment that like other people are getting that they're not getting when the punishment itself is like this bullshit that we want changed. (laughs) Like, um, I don't know if that makes any sense. But that's my, that's because I have this experience from being on the other side of it uh, where it's like, wow, this prison system, it did not help my family at all. Like, there was nobody being, like, there was nobody coming to our house being like, your dad's in prison. Here's some ways to cope with that. Nothing. Zero. Like, we were all just left to our own devices. And I just imagine, like, un- underservice people or anything like that, which I know, even though we were technically poor to some extent, I guess, like, my dad did okay as a salesman. So there was periods where, like, we were doing okay. We live in a trailer, whatever, but definitely don't feel like I was starving or anything like that. And so at that time, I guess he had enough money to get a, a decent lawyer, which the, the, the prison system was 12, sentence was 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got that reduced down to seven. Well, he got out in seven, so it was reduced oh. already, but he, he got out in seven on good time, things like that. Um, but uh, basically, and going back to the reason we left, mm-hmm, so basically yeah. the short answer is they just didn't help us. Like they, they was, it was all about my dad basically it's like they're waiting for my dad to get back and but my siblings which i'm not gonna like narc on them or anything like that like they had their own problems and instead of like help it was definitely blame like like my brother older brother got outcast basically um and uh even though all the stuff he had done for them like there's one fact i have to bring up before i forget is that we had this uh drug prevention teen dance team that went to schools 
and uh, they uh, would perform hip hop songs and do choreographed dances. Uh, go on. <laughs> and my dad, my, my brother, my, my dad, my brother was a part of that. And so, like, it's all these kids who are being homeschooled who are like a part of part of the cult and the rehab. Like, they get them and then t- send them to schools. And of course, <laughs> they get money for that. I assume, like probably just like right to the guy's pocket or something like that um but yeah like so that was just a whole that, and i was never a part of that but that's just like there's a bunch of people of my age who's like they had that they didn't go to to high school or something like they were just on this this dance team and the, the most famous thing they ever did which some I, every once in a while i'll encounter a person who i've told this to and they're like oh my god this person went to our school there was this choreographed i, I don't even know it's like a play almost to the song total eclipse of the heart it always like, is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like do 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 do. Like it, as soon as the guy says turn around, there'd be a guy on stage turn around, and his shirt would say <laughs> drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then turn around, it'd be sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember any of the other ones, but it's basically the same concept. And like they oh show like God. this this kid like like in school like start dancing with them when it got really dramatic music and then when the chorus come in and I need you love to die strobe light would come on and they would consume the person in the middle need you more than ever and the person <laughs> would die okay and then like the, the next verse part would come on and they'd do it again and another person would come through but this time someone which I don't know if they did this in the schools, but every time they would do this at the cult, they just randomly perform it all the time. <laughs> uh, it's like Siegfried and Roy or something. It's like a Las Vegas internship, whatever they call that. Uh, like residency. Residency, yeah. <laughs> it's 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday. Like the most yeah. fucked up version of yeah. the Rockettes. And they would do that at like... Thanksgiving, another fact is we'd all eat Thanksgiving together. Everybody would in the gymnasium. What are some cult cuisines? What did you um, Well, enjoy? I'm glad you mentioned that. Because it would be, be basically... Yeah, I love that. Like, basically, <laughs> you know, pretty regular Thanksgiving stuff. But one year, I don't remember the exact name of the bird, but it was a bird very much like an emu. No. Yes. What? I wish I could remember which one. I'm sure somebody who grew up there would remember me, but remind me. But it was like, we had basically we ate emu one year. <laughs> and we had them like in this weird like trailer that looked was all red and stuff. And I remember like they were alive. So I actually got to see them a little bit. I remember just like one coming up to like this little window, just going, Pow! like to the <laughs> emu. That's just super so, turkey, right? <laughs> before you left, were there any like implicitly illegal things going on? Maybe this is probably more than you can talk about. I mean, like, I, no, honestly, child- brides and stuff like that i don't think so there was definitely covered up moments um and i don't know all the details mm-hmm. but it was definitely like i just remember like people would do something like i remember there's this guy who uh ugh, I'm, I'm losing all the facts but okay i can't even say it really what he did but basically he did something a little over the top sexually and uh it, it's not it wasn't rape it was something really weird and <laughs> just in case he's he's out there and changed his ways and whatever i if it was rape i would say rape probably because it was a big deal but um he basically nobody knew about it i just remember my dad talking about like an elder they had these elder meetings where basically they just get somebody who did something and just uh guilt them but it wasn't something that was encouraged or like part of the culture then not that i'm aware of i mean I'm, for all i know it just gets worse and worse but i'm actually part of like this facebook group that is a bunch of 
people who left, and so they tell stories every once in a while. But no one's I, no one's mentioned anything that crazy. I mean, there's a video of of the leader being hammered, drunk, and like flirting and stuff like that. So he, he, he yeah, he he definitely was like that. Um, so and, I, and, and I, there's like stories I've heard about certain people cheating. Uh, speaking, of, uh, some people really close to me, uh, and. Um, there's a well basically let me say like the, we left the cult in 2010 and uh i just remember the weirdest part of it was just how easy it was just really? like because for me because i was saying i was like goody two-shoe and all that and so for me that meant being a good part of that but in college i got i went from very conservative I, I voted for mccain um but i just remember just that was actually a big moment uh where it's just like i just I don't know what I just did. Why did I just do that? I just, it was just, why should, why was it so easy for me to just like press a button without even like researching? And that just like led to a lot of soul searching. So thanks, John McCain. Um, <laughs> ne- next time I voted for Obama. Um, and then I voted for Trump. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, I voted for Clinton. You did what you had to do. You did the right thing. At least you didn't write in Harambe. I blame yeah. those people individually yeah. for Trump. The the last time last time we recorded an episode with Natalie, uh, afterwards we were sitting, we were having a drink at radio, and Jasmine got up on the table and <laughs> oh, started sorry. yelling at some people, being like, "I know one of y'all in this bar voted for, for Harambe." No, I didn't. <laughs> you weren't like standing on it or anything, but you 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 gave it a, you gave it a little baby climb. Oh my god! And we, and we were just like, "Girl, that's funny, but shut up. You being loud." <laughs> oh, oh man. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, really angry about these Harambe. Oh, voters. I know. Um, it just um, so I mean we left and there was this one day where we went back the last time I've been there actually not the second and last time the last time I went mm-hmm. there was this I just I just I was close I was in Wharton I was like I just have to drive by it was mm-hmm. like this Vietnam syndrome like actually when we left I had a ton of dreams all the time of going mm-hmm. back and things like that so that's just another layer of it um, but the second and last time was when we got our stuff and they like we lived in this house and I, I don't know why we didn't hadn't moved all the stuff yet to, at that point but basically they took it out of the house they threw it into this quad area so it was just all over the ground and stuff and there's me my mom and these two uh i will say illegal workers who uh some guy had just found to work with us they did not mm-hmm. speak english so there's a whole story with them and <laughs> i don't even know how that happened but they were there helping a little bit and moving the stuff into this big trailer and then my mom moved to katie and my dad was still in prison at this point and uh but I just remember literally it was like a movie where it's like from a distance I saw people watching. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm this person my entire life. These were the people like me. These were the people were bad. They left like they did something wrong. And I'm on the other side of this and it feels like the right thing to do. And it's just like, I feel like that day tore me in two, you know, it's just like, I, I, I'm still dealing with that. Like, I think that was the end of like one chapter of my life that oh. day. Um, and I remember just like people I'd grown up with just like looking at me from like, it wasn't like a crowd. I mean, there were actually a lot of people have left the place. So it's not like a, a thriving community. There's just like this, this vine that's really withered where the, the, the leader is just trying to suck it, I guess. Um, and I just remember just, just being just like I can't I'm one of those people I'm one of those people who left and I'm so glad (laughs) (laughs) used to be that regrets it one bit oh yeah the the leaving stuff you know and there's tons of things after that my dad got out of prison and then my parents got divorced (laughs) so that was that's that's a current issue so I wish I could be more 
specific on that one, but uh, let's just say the reasoning and all this stuff is just insane. It's, it's like I thought, it's like I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done with the crazy, but it's. I feel like it's just beginning. <laughs> well, uh, hey, it sounds like we might have to have you back sometime in the future for a part two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gladly. But uh, so we like to end every episode of Extra Salty with uh, a piece of advice for any listeners who might be going through something similar, but. And usually we ask a question, but right now I don't even know what question to ask. I, I guess I could say, what, what did you learn? I did, that's yeah. a, a terrible question. Uh, I'm sorry. Or, or what's what's the best takeaway you have from this? Because I, I think the human capacity for survival is optimism. Yeah. Even the most negative people have this little piece of optimism that keeps them going. Yeah. So what's what's something positive you feel like you gained out of all this? I think one thing is that there there are things I learned there that I still think are good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to like take take a phrase of it was like eat the meat spit out the bones. Like I think it's okay to be like wow, this this piece of advice even someone I hate gave me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that I still I still like that. It's just like it's, sometimes that's all you get it's like it's like it's don't don't feel like you have to reject everything just because you know i th- I feel like some of my best friends to this day are people i met in the church group in college and some of them are pretty conservative and actually a, lo- a lot of the really close ones are not which is great <laughs> um as far as like you know the what i think of bad mm-hmm. stuff but like some of my people who've helped me a lot I would say are pretty conservative and um, probably would embrace some of the things from that cult though definitely not all of them Um, I think it's just like if you have life experience if it's unique and uh, you feel like no one else is out there who understands you which is definitely how I feel a lot of the time you know it's okay to get that get to find the knowledge from pretty much any source, like wherever you get it is okay. I mean, unless it's like a child porn site or some something really bad like that. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, yeah. the, this guy randomly quoted Shakespeare in that video. Yeah, like, no, I, like, I don't no, think there's like a lot no, of inspirational no, 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 no. quotes. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm definitely saying it's like where where you find solace. It's like you know, definitely just dive in, like. Um, basically just like just because the place where you found the knowledge or the wisdom is bad doesn't mean that the knowledge or the wisdom itself is bad yeah i definitely feel like like there's a great quote from the ancient play antigone that i think of all the time it's like um if i be young or i know i'm paraphrasing it's like if i'm if i'm young and right what does my age matter so it's like it's it's definitely about like the wisdom you get it's like mm-hmm. the, the if you get it from something, if you get it from an episode of King of the Hill or or or, or something like that, you know, it's that's still great wisdom, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like also just, just it's it will take perseverance. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can talk about, just being depressed and all this stuff. And I feel like I've I've kept going, and that and I feel like I've learned things, and and I feel like for some people out there like I, I i i don't know if i was suicidal but i was definitely like at the breaking point not too long mm-hmm. ago and i feel like i've gotten out of that in a lot of ways and the big part was like just relearning my finances honestly like I, my friends got me into the dave math um, <laughs> <Dave> matthews <laughs> 
I was like, wait. No, 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 no. The Dave Matthews, Dave we Ramsey. We have to schedule Dave another Ramsey. one. Dave, Dave Matthews Dave taught Matthews. me what a checkbook was. <laughs> and saved no. your life. The, like. the, the Dave Ramsey, like his stuff, the Total Money Makeover, and he's a pretty conservative guy. Mm-hmm. But I've done it. It's, I think it literally saved my life. I'm not even kidding. Like I was, I did not realize how close to like just financial destruction I was at because I was just like coasting and just hoping I'd get my dream job in the film industry, and just at f- like four or so years of wanting that, it didn't happen. So I was just like, oh, and, and it's like, and also trying to like figure things out. It's like, oh, I finally found something. You, it's like if you're struggling, you will find something that works for you. You can find something that works for you, and I'm still finding things. That worked for me. So I've hopefully that'll keep going with that. Thank you. That's awesome. Just keep keep trying. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, just real quick, how can we find you on social media? And just if people want to support your projects, how can they find that? Yeah. Well, uh, I I don't have any like fundraising things for the projects at the moment, though I am planning a feature, my first feature hopefully, and that will definitely be something someday. As far as social media, uh, you could find me at. <laughs> Gilson2 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most direct way. And that, just really quick, that is my I my email thing. I have an email from AOL, which I've had for 20 years. And I've just decided never to change it. So that Twitter is par- partially based on that. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, that's probably the most direct way you can find me. All right. Thanks so much for being a part of this. If you guys enjoyed Extra Salty, if you've got questions about this episode, about about Stefan, about Family Matters, about anything that's going on with you, go ahead and hit us up. Um, if you're interested in being a part of the show, you can email us at extrasaltypod at gmail.com. Extra salty pod or extra salty podcast i can't remember the easiest way, to fi- <laughs> easiest way to find us is going to be on social media we're extra salty pod on facebook and twitter and we are extra salty podcast on instagram and uh the email is on the facebook page feel free to give us a like and a follow to keep track thanks so much keep it salty thanks guys bye <laughs> International. International.